0: Welcome to season three of This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley, a podcast about the Bay Area, technology, and culture. I'm your host, Sunil Rajaraman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Yasha Cakis wolf
1: Sunil, I got a straw poll for you. You ready? I'm ready. Actually, I don't even know if straw poll is the right word, but I got a question for you. Are we going to change our podcast music ever?
0: I I knew I was going to get criticized for that at some point. I'm on it.
1: I wasn't criticizing. you, I was just asking. But I do have a very serious question. When you picture startup founder or just founder in your head, what do you picture?
0: Oh, I picture Richard from HBO Silicon Valley, white dude wearing a hoodie.
1: White dude wearing a hoodie. Why, why is that?
0: That's because that's what we've
1: grown accustomed to in pop culture. Well, we have somebody on the podcast today who's pretty special.
0: Lisa Fetterman is a female founder who invented... A particular type of sous vide machine. Is that how I pronounce it? By the way, sous vide. Sous vide. Gosh, I'm such a. Uh,
1: you know, I, I probably stop just said it a Taco Bell and in and out I probably just said it wrong too. But here's the thing: after today, when somebody says startup founder, Lisa is going to be the picture that I have in my head.
0: This is a really great interview, and she is also an organizer within the uh, the tech community for female founders. And she has a very simple message on how to fix the gender diversity problem.
1: It's a great episode today. It covers a lot of ground. And I think what I appreciate about Lisa's approach most is that she is unapologetically positive and supports the people that she cares about. Enjoy today's episode. This is your life in Silicon Valley. Thank you. Thanks for coming into this super hot little closet with the two of us.
2: It's so freaking hot.
1: I know. I, like, I refuse to take my jacket off, and I'm just pouring sweat underneath this today.
2: It's a look, babe.
1: Well, I mean, you just got to hold the look, right? I think so. Sunil like, constantly gives me shit about what I'm wearing, but I won't take the jacket off.
0: See, I actually think right now the two of you should just do this podcast because I'm, there's just this this vibe that like you two are, you, you're like, you know, you've co-hosted podcasts before or something, I don't know, past life.
1: Uh, what were you in a past life?
2: Where was I in a past life? That's such a great question. Or who were
1: you in a past life? Mm. What did you do in a past life? In your most recent past life, what did you do?
2: I definitely sold stuff. Yeah? Like either a newspaper or like candies. I was out on the street just hustling, panhandling. What it do, baby boo? five ninety nine for this Pikachu? You know.
1: So, that was, so you had a pretty recent past life if you were selling Pikachu stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. you know. I think I was a monk in my last life. <laughs> And I think I lived really old. I think I lived to like in my hundreds and I was just bitter at the world because all of my friends died. And I'm now still trying to grapple with that in this lifetime.
2: Word. I was right? always an entrepreneur and live fast, die young, sell the things.
1: You sound like a San Francisco native. Did you grow up here?
2: I grew up in China, and I came to the States when I was 7 in 94, and I grew up in New York in Port Washington, Long Island, which is heavily Jewish, Yeah. and I thought that all of America was Jewish. I, like, I learned a lot of Hebrew, and now I'm married to Abraham Jacob Fetterman.
1: <laughs> uh, what's his Instagram
2: handle? Oh, Kale-Mageddon. Yeah,
1: Kale-Mageddon. That's a pretty good one. So uh, growing up in New York and Long Island, which by the way, I have some family from Long Island, because that's where it all happens, uh, Long Beach, Long Island, though little different than Port Washington, right? Uh, did you ever think as a seven-year-old who just moved to Long Island that you were going to move to San Francisco? Was it a part of a picture that you had in your head?
2: I always thought, like, California was mystical and magical. It's like summer all the time, which was a huge mistake when I first came to San Francisco. I, I came in shorts and a t-shirt. I didn't pack anything else. It was Yeah, I was like, "Whoa!" But it's supposed to be summer here.
1: But so, was it the weather really that got you excited about coming to California? Was it the Bay Area? Did you think San Francisco's the spot, or just California in general?
2: Okay, well, with California, like San Francisco was the was the place for startups. Like, I didn't even know the word startup until somebody described it to me. And San Francisco together, I was like, "Hey, I think I might be a startup." And they were like, well, then you need to go to San Francisco and have you ever heard of Y Combinator and all this stuff. I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) So... Does Silicon Valley care about female founders?
2: No! Silicon Valley does not care about female founders. They've only funded... Like, 38% of companies are run by women, led by women, and only 2% got funding last year. That's down from 3%. The fur! And then I have a lot of male VC friends. I have a lot of friends in general. People think I'm cool. They They love the vibe. They love the positivity. And I love people. And I have a lot of male VC friends. And whenever I talk to them about this subject, and I say... Hey, only two percent of female like companies got funded. They counter with Lisa, well, first of all, that's really off-putting to just bring gender into this conversation like that. And also I don't like what how many people, how many women run companies? I rarely see a female like company come into my boardroom. I'm like, dude.
0: Why? Tell tell us why. Why is this happening?
2: Because of unseen biases everyone it's systemic it's absolutely systemic people are not used to seeing women as leaders and therefore they can't even imagine it silicon valley is the place where you're supposed to change the world where people have the biggest imaginations and the most creativity and that's just not true silicon valley is a magnification of the status quo
1: so i had an interesting conversation sorry to jump on sunil we actually have a jar that we keep in the corner whenever we talk over each other we got to put a dollar in it so just remember, one dollar for the show because I just talked to the top of them. I had like uh, two weekends ago. I was hanging out with a couple of friends, my wife and I were, and one of our friends is a woman founder who has been successful, sold a couple of different companies, and we started having this conversation where I said, "Look, I'm a 40 plus year old white guy in Silicon Valley. You and white, I, and I believe I'm. You're like you're very, <laughs> uh, and I believe that I've got bias. Like, and I I'm aware that I have bias, so I want to try and do what I can to break out of that bias. And part of that is being aware of diversity in hiring and she got on my case she was like you are a part of the problem because you're trying to hire women just for the sake of hiring women and minorities and 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 that's not necessarily even what i was saying but it became such a heated discussion where i just kept going back to the well when we have a diverse population of people who are running companies we make better decisions and she didn't buy it like is there a way that we can help people understand that even women founders
2: that's internalized misogyny babe that's okay all women are queens I may disagree with some women and if she's got to say that you know like a a lot of our careers are boosted by men and there is obviously this like innate um, want to protect the people who who raised you up and I respect that okay babe that's internalized misogyny babe
1: can you, as a as a man in Silicon Valley, tell that to a woman? Maybe that's a stupid question, but can I say that's internalized misogyny?
2: If it depends on how close you are to her, yeah, you know, like I I see like if she wants to if she wants to say something, I think what you can say in ter- when that conversation happens because my goal for 2019 is protect all women, protect all sluts, protect all female founders, protect all bitches. That is my goal, and if I'm far apart with someone on an issue i will just say honey or like name linda i am i'm sorry i'll 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 just stop you right there because we're too far apart on this issue to go ahead on it i'll say like i'll listen to you i'm happy to listen and like here's what i'm saying and i think we're too far apart on this issue
0: i want you to shock us with the actual story and so we I think oftentimes we just talk at a high level about stats and stuff like that. And what people really like is personalization and understanding how something hits home. Tell us a funding story about you or about another founder that you know that will really connect with our audience.
2: Ooh, okay. So found for founders that I know, um, I keep it in a lockbox, you know? Yeah,
0: you got to protect your sources.
2: Queen to queen. You tell me this thing, it's... Thank you. It's for my benefit. Like I go forward, I know. But if know I it. tell
0: you something, is it in the lockbox?
2: Uh, if you tell me something on this podcast,
0: yeah. Well, not on the podcast. But like <laughs> if I were to if I were to share with share something with you after, would it be in the lockbox?
2: Mm, if you told me to, yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Just
0: setting that. Just setting the record straight.
2: Word word. So I'll tell you a funny st- one of my funding stories. This is a doozy. So I just came to San Francisco and I pitch like hundreds upon hundreds of VCs and angels about sous vide. I invented the home sous vide immersion circulator in 2010. Like, you know, we me and my husband we went to the hardware store, and we picked up a few things, we did a DIY open source kit. We traveled all across the United States to different maker spaces, OG oh, oh, Lived in China for 2 years next to our factory to learn how to manufacture. Brought that manufacturing to America, you know? Like so so painstaking so og okay one of my earliest earliest investors when i got rejected for from so many people he was like kind of like a knight in shining armor he saw me at a conference where i was pitching hard and he was like you know what lisa i'm gonna put in i'm gonna put in some money i'm gonna put in 10k into your company and at that time 10k took us like six months i was like thank you i'm so happy he's like i believe in you i believe in sous vide his name is Steven Savanjan, and he became the CEO of Anova, which was my largest rival. And then they sold to Electrolux for $250 million. And before they did, he asked me, he was like, you know what? You can buy my stock back if you'd like. But I didn't know what was happening. So I bought a stock back, and I was so happy. I was like, this is finally, you know, your conflict of interest you know, and, and everything. Like, you're trying to make it right. I see it. I, you should have just given it back to me, honestly. And then he just sold the company. And the first ANOVA was an exact replica of Namiku. All their wording was exactly like Namiku. And I was just like, wow. And he is he's a white dude. He's a white dude who's been in startups for a long time. He saw an opportunity to make a life-changing amount of money. He was like, bye, bish.
0: What was the <laughs> last conversation you had with him?
2: Ooh, the last conversation I had with him... Um, he asked me over to his house for dinner and I remember this quite vividly because it was so weird because I was like heavily pregnant with my first kid, um, and dinner was food from the Whole Foods Hot Bar. Uh, and he was like, hey, um, I want you to know I'm going to start working with Inova. And then I said, whoa, that's a huge conflict of interest. That's not right. And he got really kind of mad. He's like, no, man, like, n- you, you're just saying that because you're pregnant. Like, the hormones are crazy. I – know. Can you believe that? Classic. this was before me too. D- everything.
0: So what would you – I guess, what do you think the repercussions should be for someone like that?
2: He gets he, – I mean, like, in, the, he acted in bad faith. What's,
1: like, the VC penalty box?
2: Mm, that's the thing. It's, like, you think – you can say that this was just business – and I do chalk it up as just business. This is just life. If you do that, you have to live with that. You wake up every day and you know you like copy a true G and, and made some cash. Uh, it's, it's not really about hmm, repercussions in my book. It For me, it's like it really gives me a nice chip on my shoulder. Every day I wake up like, mm, smell the fresh revenge. I want to make more money. I want to make a product that nobody can copy, which is what led to my ultimate product, which is basically Nespresso for dinner. Nobody wants to follow me into that territory. Hardware and food and software on top of that, and you wrote two cookbooks. Like, I just want to dominate. I
0: love. I love that. I, I love the. I love the competitive spirit. <laughs> tell. Tell us about on a positive note. Tell us five female founders that you're really excited by that you would want everybody all of our listeners to know about and things that they're working on it doesn't have to be five it can be three whatever whatever that number is
2: the rest of this podcast is gonna be this i can name 50 i love liz curtis she makes this thing which is basically like rent the runway but in a box for your table settings so if you have if you have a dinner party you have the plates you even have like the straws for the cups you have like the the candelabra It's all set. And you just rent it and then you put your dirty dishes back into the box. That's eco-friendly. They reuse the box all the time and then that's it. And I can have friends over and I don't have to stress about it. Liz Curtis, Table and teaspoon, so freaking crazy good. And then we've got Anne Hassell and Sarah from Winnie. They make a platform where it makes it easy for parents to talk to each other and and do uh, child care. Child care is so freaking crazy. I'm not talking about just like Urban Sitter Stuff, which is also amazing. Shout out to Lynn. But y'all know Lynn. Lynn funded to the teeth. Lynn is a boss. Lynn rocks. I, do, I
0: actually do know Lynn. You do I like, know yeah, Lynn. Yeah, she's great.
2: Avi. Avi. Female founders have to be, like, super honed, polished, charismatic, I don't know, sexy, in order to, like, get to, get, like, even a blip of attention. There's so many more. Okay, I got a shout out to... I got a shout out to um I well, I I have I you know I have to look at my Facebook thing.
0: Oh yeah, no, you, you're you're good. You can pull out your smartphone if you want. But while you're pondering that, while you're pondering that, uh, and uh, see Yasha and I are like doing the two mic thing. We're I'm gonna owe him like twenty dollars by the end of this. But what's I'm actually really curious about this. Diving in, I thought Yasha was was kind of taking us down a really interesting thread. What are three things that every man, not just in Silicon Valley, but wherever any industry should stop doing immediately or start doing immediately
2: just listen to women what they have to say to you and another thing that they should start doing is back women gang 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 like you would back a fellow bro like somebody like like back them give them the benefit of the doubt stop kicking the tires so hard you kick the tires on any car eventually you're gonna freaking put a hole in that tire with your foot don't do that like women, like men especially male vcs will see a woman-led company and think everything negative about that company whereas they don't think about the possibilities they'll ask leading questions about what if this goes wrong ask questions about what if it goes right that you would ask a male founder catch yourself don't ever say to a female founder who has a female-led product, "Let me let my wife try this." I think that that is incredibly demeaning. Unless your wife is a partner in the fund, look at their data, do real market research. Yes, get the anecdotal evidence from your wife, but like, don't just say like, "Oh, I gotta have my wife look at this." I think that's like totally, totally whack.
0: What about outside of VC? I'm curious about this because you know, whatever. There's only you know, a small subset of people who are VCs and our audience is going to probably be mostly non-VCs just in general, like uh, just day-to-day work, Silicon Valley, wherever.
2: Don't ask women to do the hard work for you. Read a book, man. Read a book about feminism. Go on everydayfeminism.com. Tailor your media to learn about people of color and women and women of color. Like, You've got to do. You've got to do the work. Don't ask a woman to like. Please sit down and tell me what I need to do. Like, this is fine. This is a podcast. <laughs> I was
1: like, wait.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. no. The, the, this, is, this is fine. But like, uh, because people, people honestly don't know. Okay. Shout out to Can Jun Chu of Sorceress. Sorceress is freaking amazing. It's such a crazy great AI company for for um sourcing your next candidate for the company. They, I think they like they do something where like it, it makes the CEO. The have the ability to send out hundreds of emails to great potential candidates. Holla.
0: All right, Gasha. What do you? What, I've got. I've got so much more I can do, but I don't want to owe too many in the in the dollar jar. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: do you like San Francisco? I mean, you're like unbelievably positive. Yeah, but do you like living here?
2: I love San Francisco, baby. my My dream is to live here without the pain. I love it. The ocean, the Bay Bridge, the people, like the spirit, the hustle. Uh, I love like even the like freaking dogs that are here. They're so cute.
1: So we got we got um, Sunil hitting you up on the top five and top three list. So let me get my top three list in also. Yeah. What are your top three wants, requirements, needs, have-to-haves from London Breed?
2: From London Breed? Yeah. Word. Yes. We need to obvi- number one take care of the homeless situation, and and that is a mental health crisis. And we we had a shelter for mental health in like the nineteen seventies that we closed for some reason. Well, I mean, we know the reasons. <laughs> a lot of us know the reasons. But like we need we need a mental we need mental health here in San Francisco. Um, top three for her. Dang, dang. Uh, we need to we need to have subsidies for. Folks who want to make more things here in San Francisco
1: for people, not for companies, or for both.
2: For 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 people, for people and for companies. Anybody who has like this is s- startup mecca. Let's just like make it even more even more easy for people making physical objects here. That's from that's coming from me as like um, a hardware person
1: (laughs) maybe uh one 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 more one more is uh,
2: the the last one is family leave is so important i have two kids of a five-year-old and two-year-old i took two weeks maternity leave painfully for both of them so bad like the placenta was still fresh y'all like we we need like comprehensive support like we pay a shyga amount of taxes up into this B. you can swear yeah oh, okay I, eh. i'm trying not to swear for my kids because i do swear a lot
1: <laughs> that's very big of you i have three kids and i curse a lot actually <laughs> our whole family curses a lot it's oh, how we express ourselves
2: that's that, you know that that it, it's good if you can do it for emphasis i like swearing for emphasis i don't like swearing out of control like when you stub your toe and you say oh fuck yeah. you know like i'm just like you're out of control man control yourself
1: so we're, we're staring at a hardware device that's sitting right in front of us, which I'm gonna ask you to paint the picture of in just a moment. But before we navigate into there, can you talk about the restaurant scene in San Francisco? Like, what do you, what do you like about what's happening here right now? What do you not like about what's happening right here? Uh, I know we're jumping all over the place.
2: What I like about what's happening here is that there is a lot of innovation in restaurants and a lot of creativity because there, we have a very well-heeled clientele, AKA Peeps Be Rich. So we can, like, have a lot of room and people be patronizing restaurants and investing in restaurants. Keep doing that. You're going to lose all of your money and you should know that and it's going to be great. You're going to love losing every penny that you have that you invest in a restaurant. Keep doing it. It's great for everybody. It's great for the community. It's great for art. Art is life. And what I hate about what's going on in restaurants is that nobody can keep their doors open because rich people will not be funding it as much rich people do it and plus we can't retain talent because google airbnb and all those folks are you know they how can you fight against like i don't know like an 80k salary plus benefits for a chef holy shit! also restaurant culture is incredibly toxic like they talk about how toxic startup culture is and it and it truly is and very insidious because it's all hidden underneath the surface restaurants it's incredibly explicit like they, you you will as a as a female chef or a female worker in the restaurant you will you will you will get the worst harassment of your life it, it's very it's very bad shout out to Ushma Garg of Gobble Gobble the only capital efficient meal kit out there it's so amazing and the food tastes awesome shout out to Jessica Scorpio Scorpio She's, I think like she sold Get Around or like bought a three a company for three hundred mil. You go queen. You go queen.
0: So tell us tell us about the device now. What do we have sitting in front of us? Uh, and what is this thing that you invented?
2: I invented the home sous vide emergency circulator, and this is my latest product, which is our third iteration of hardware. It has an RFID reader, and we ship you the food with it. You wave the food in front of the machine. It automatically recognizes it. You drop it in. In 30 minutes, you get a gourmet meal, regardless of any dietary restriction you may have in your household.
1: I'm not going to pretend like everybody that's a listener understands all of what you just said. So can you break down like what is a sous vide?
2: Of course. Before I do that, what this is basically is your own personal chef and then you just drop food in. It's a magical food cooker. Like Nespresso and Keurig, they don't call their machines like hyper hydraulic pod extraction. Blah, 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 blah. So like I don't need to call it a sous vide immersion circulator. Just know you can tap and eat in 30 minutes. That's it. Sous vide is a precise temperature way of cooking that every single top chef in the world uses, whether you're Dominique Cren, Noma, Cesan, restaurant Meadowood who all use my machines you rely on it every single evening for beautiful consistent results for example stay cooked at 57 degrees celsius that's when the fat and the collagen will melt into the muscle making each bite juicy tender and delicious it's edge to edge perfection all you do is sear it a little bit and then the action time is super low you can leave it alone for hours and hours and hours and it Physically cannot, scientifically cannot overcook because it's already at the perfect temperature. The biggest technology ever for cooking was fire. And ever since we discovered it, we've just been trying to control it. And now we control heat to one degrees Celsius, and that's absolutely revolutionary.
0: <laughs> I can tell that you're very passionate about this, which is uh, good.
2: It is all I do.
0: What? Uh, so did you go through Y Combinator? I did. What was that like? Tell, tell us about your experience.
2: That was super fun and super super intense like i well i I went through it with my husband and co-founder abers abraham jacob fetterman (laughs) and we we actually sat at there was like a table on the side in the front for solo founders and because we're married we felt like we were one we identified most with like the solo founders and their hustle it was like super super intense like people next to you used to work for the treasury of the united states or like they won all these hacking shiznits or they got like first place at mit in ai and you're like what the fudgy the whale and yeah and, and then you're like oh i did this and i'm like yeah i just got forbes 30 under 30 when i when i joined and sam altman who was leading at the time got it as well so i was talking to him about it. i was like congratulations on forbes 30 under 30 he's like yeah it's bullshit <laughs> uh, and then and then i was like oh i just. Got it too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it was like very humbling, all these impressive people around you, and then it very motivating because you're like, I'm on your level. I'm on your level.
0: <laughs> so, what you know, what do you want to do with this company? Like, what's your, I don't know, tell us, tell us what it looks like ten years from now. What are you, are you selling these? are you still doing this? Do you get acquired? Like, your, your dissident investor. What, what happens?
2: Ooh, hmm. well what i see is us completely curing the emotional and physical toil of making dinner when you look at the kitchen the home kitchen and technology women and now the primary caretaker of the house have always 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 struggled mentally and physically with the kitchen and every time that there has been a technology movement in the kitchen. It was always by accident and and grassroots-led. So, for example, when the Internet first came online, it would break every day. And it broke every day not because of porn, not because of high-traffic stock trading. It broke every day at 4 p.m. when women would log on and look for recipes for dinner. If Kim Kardashian's ass had a recipe on it, it would have really broken the Internet. <laughs> so, like, technology, and technology has been... Ki- the home kitchen has been so thirsty for technology, and everybody leading hardware and software efforts there has been led by a man. And like, that's fine. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your look, but your gaze is not correct. And the way you want it, like, the, when when the men look at the kitchen, the well, world, they're like, well, there's one OS to dominate the entire kitchen. And the people who actually use the home kitchen, like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You just swore. Yeah. Oh, I said what the fuck for emphasis. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah,
2: I, I could go. I could have finished it with a nice fudgy. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so, but like I remember when the Kindle first came out. I think like the team thought like, oh, it's gonna be the living room. It's gonna be the bedroom. Overwhelmingly, the majority of use is in the kitchen, because when you have your hands full of raw chicken and you need something, and you remember something, you just yell at your Alexa, hey Alexa, blah 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 blah, and then of course. That sex is in and it of itself. What, you yell a woman's name when you need some shit? Fuck you.
0: <laughs> there we go. We needed a, need a, need a good strong finish on the, there we go, yeah.
1: So y- you take technology to the kitchen in a way that makes people's lives better. And, and a decade from now, what's that, what is that for you? Like, what's that mean for
2: you? That, what else? That, that, that means people's lives are better. And if it means, like, I get acquired, Sick. Thanks, Daddy. If it, if it means that I IPO'd, sick. Thanks, Mommy. <laughs> you know, like I I just don't know. I I'm hoping for a positive outcome, um, financially for my for my existing investors who are freaking sweet and hopefully won't copy my new thing. <laughs> but like, but like I ultimately I I just want the results for. The end consumer, like the peeps who use it, it's it's really. I don't know how much of your life you are losing by worrying about dinner. It sucks.
0: So you also organize some of the largest groups of women in tech in the Bay Area. We talked a little bit about that before uh, before you, you joined the interview. Wh- what can you share with our broader audience about that? You know, so what what kind of topics of discussion come up that? everybody should know about and should take away from this after listening to this what are what are what are the things that are discussed
2: the things that are discussed in a lot of um empowered or professional women's groups is how the hell do we get funding number one topic like people are just saying people always say like oh this place is hot for startups guess why it's hot for startups because there's money being doled out that's it that's literally it, and people wring their hands all the time. How do we fix this problem with female founders? Fund them. That's literally it. Shut up. They're like, oh well, you know, come to our dinner, Lisa, about female founders, like a, like a huge VC group of like, please come to our dinner. I'm like, how much did you spend on this dinner? Fund. Give it to some. Give it to a founder. Like how much are like like we're we're gonna we're going to do a task force for female founders. Great, great, cool, cool. Funding is at 2% for female founders. The only thing that you need to do to fix this issue is to fund female founders. That's literally it. Literally it. And then whatever is hard about it, you can tell me, and that's great. If you need to get it off your chest, and then write a check.
1: Strong. So where do, where do we start? I, I get it, yes. Write a and check. Write checks. Do, do you want uh, VC firms to set... Target checks written to women is that a good first step?
2: Your target should be a hundred percent. Okay, one hundred percent. They they asked Ruth Bader Ginsburg when where when would they when would there be enough women on the Supreme Court? hundred percent, a hundred percent. Make sure that your fund's quota for funding women is a hundred percent. The Supreme Court used to be 100% men. Nobody bad their eyes about that. All our presidents, 100% men. Everybody's like, that's chill and cool. When White Combinator first started, it was 100% men slash Jessica, one of the founders. But like all the companies were 100% men. Nobody was like, okay, maybe there's something wrong with that. But when something is radically, uh, uh, yeah, when something is 100% women, it all of a sudden becomes so radical. Why is that, dog? Look inside your own heart, dog. Read a book, dog. 100% women.
0: What's something that we should have asked you that we didn't ask you today?
1: That's my favorite interview question.
0: I know. I just figured (laughs) I'd throw it in there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hmm.
2: That's a great question. I
0: love it. I'm just kind of going to pat myself on the back yeah. for, for He's like, coming up with that right now. For
1: being a stumper? I'm going to let you think about that. And while you're thinking about that, we want to shift gears. We're actually coming up close to the end of the time. Yep. I want to just keep going, though. But but I, w- I do want to ask you one question right away, and then we can come back to the what question should we have asked you. On the networks that you spend your time, if you watch TV, read newspapers, read books, hang out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever... Uh, who are a couple of authors or interesting people or companies on those networks that you'd recommend our listeners go out and pay attention to?
2: Ooh, uh, there's the Equity Collective that I really like. Um, it's run by Sarah, Sarah B. Sorry, I'm, I, the, this closet is so hot. I feel like I'm getting interrogated by the police. So well, yeah, maybe that's name.
1: because we have that spotlight pointed on you.
2: Oh, word! <laughs> that also that also helps in, in the forgetting of the mind <laughs> melt. Um, but the Equity Collective is really cool for female founders raising. Um, I also like. And
1: are they are they on Twitter? Are they on Facebook? Yeah, they're they're
2: on the Fache Bokeh, yeah. and they and they're on Twitter. You can like find Sarah and all the places. I I like I like her a lot. Um, very very useful. Great resource. And then um, you should join my you should join my secret club called the Femps. Um, one of the founding members, the founder is Stephanie Hughes. It is like off the chain in there. Everything professional. We help each other. We rally around. It's like a church group. Like, yo, you need some help? You need like twenty bucks? Let's go.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so did you think of an answer to my, you know, what question? What
2: should you What should you have asked me? Hmm. Uh... I think I think one thing that's interesting is if you were just uh, a question that I guess j- get asked a lot is you if you were starting out today, what what do you have changed? That's always a hard question for me, because yeah. sometimes sometimes the answer is I would change nothing because it led to what I'd done today. Yay! Um And then sometimes I think about like, what is the real answer? Because <laughs> obviously, if I have a priori knowledge of what's up, I would do things very differently. First of all, I wouldn't take a check from Steven Vanden. I would have been like, I, I would have patted myself on the back and said, this is the real answer. Okay, I found it in my head. The real answer is what I would do differently if I knew what I did today is that I would tell myself if if Lisa from the future could talk to past Lisa, I will look her in the eye and say, Lisa, you're right. You're right. Nobody knows what the future is. You're building the future. If you can build it, it is literally the future. Just work really hard at building that future. And that's all you have to do. Don't think about if you're right or wrong because there's, there's no such thing. And you are right, surprise. I'm from the future. I know. Just work really, really hard on just work really, really don't don't spend any don't lose any freaking sleep on if this is gonna work. If you make it work, it will work.
0: So so listeners, you have to replay this uh, in you know in a week, in two weeks and three weeks and then three years and then 30 years. All
1: right, Lisa, this was
0: awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much.
2: I am awesome.
1: <laughs> well, I had to take a little bit of a break after that interview and start on dinner tonight. It's cooking actually right next to us. We're like 15 minutes into uh, dinner and in the sous vide. Uh,
0: so now I know how to pronounce sous vide, which is great. Uh, but if I were to go on a health food kick, I would definitely get one of our machines. I don't
1: think it's health food, Sunil. I don't think the sous vide is all bad. health food.
0: Well, sous vide aside, uh, I had a lot of interesting takeaways from today's interview.
1: What a fantastic discussion. And again, I just think of startup founder in a completely different light after having spent time with her. I wish we could bottle her up, maybe in a podcast, and share her with absolutely everybody in the Bay Area.
0: Well, she uh, definitely indicated what group to join, a Facebook group, if you're interested in following uh, Lisa a little bit more in her career. And I really liked her simple formula on how to fix the gender diversity problem.
1: 100%. Speaking of 100%, if you enjoyed this podcast as much as Cindy and I enjoyed making this podcast, what we would appreciate is 100% of you going back to wherever you found us and rating us five stars, leaving a comment as well. It helps people find this episode.
0: Definitely. We appreciate your support. And as always, follow uh, Yasha at KAKAS, K-A-Y-K-A-S, or myself at SUBS01, one And we look forward to hearing, uh, we look forward to next episode.